Good morning. This morning, I want to continue talking a little bit uh, about fear. Seems like y'all may think I'm afraid or something because I've talked about it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, But we're, um, in our confirmation class, we're studying the book of Mark, and I'm trying to to, to keep my sermons aligned with those uh, because... um, I think it uh, helps me prepare, and, um, and I'm just going to keep doing that for the next few weeks. But I've talked about being fearful, and, and today I want to talk about big winds and, and, and just how sometimes, again, we talked about storms last week, but sometimes we just get in a, a big headwind, and it's hard to go anywhere. Uh, believe it or not, uh, you can't really tell by looking at me right now, my current... Uh, um, Size that I, I ride bicycles a lot. I, I really do. I haven't in the last few months. I've eaten a lot more. I've ridden bicycles, but um, but I'm gonna get back on my bicycle here in a couple weeks when I'm out of school. But even when we go on vacation, I either take my bicycle or I rent a bicycle because you can see so much of God's creation from bicycles. And around here I do a few rides, and some of them are pretty hilly. And man, you can pray a long time going up a steady grade when your legs are hurting and aching. But uh, we were at, uh, on vacation a few years ago, and I rented a bicycle. I don't know how many miles I put on that bicycle. But I remember the first day that I rode it, and we were somewhere where it's flat. The first day I rode it, man, I thought, man, this, riding this bicycle when it's flat is the easiest thing I've ever done. So I rode out, and I just kept riding, and kept riding. I can't remember how many miles I rode, but it was getting ready to be time to eat. So I turned around. I turned around and started pedaling back towards our, the place we were staying. And there's still no hills, but I'm going right into the wind. It was really easy going out because the wind was at my back. But when I turned, I thought, man, I would rather have a hill than a wind. At least I know how to ride through the hills. But I didn't realize how much that wind was pushing me from behind. And coming back, how hard I had to work. It was hard work. It made me very tired and hungry. Maybe a little grumpy. I can't remember. <laughs> Somebody probably can't. But, uh, but sometimes, you know, in life, the wind's at our back, but sometimes we've got to fight against wind. And this morning, as I read this scripture and I, and, I, and I teach this lesson, I want you to think about the times in your life that you are rowing up wind or pedaling up wind. And I'm going to read this morning from uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, 45 through 52. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of, uh, to the other side to Bethesda. While he dismissed the crowd, after saying farewell to them, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. When he saw that they were straining at the oars, 
against an adverse wind, he came toward them early in the morning, walking on the water. He intended to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this scripture. Lord, I just pray for uh, everyone here or everyone listening online, Lord, that as we, uh, we work through this lesson, Lord, they, they receive the message that you intend for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, walking on water, that's something that I can't do. I've tried. Every now and then I still try. I get uh, the courage up, the faith, and I take one step, and, and I'm a lot better at sinking than I am walking on it. So. But as the disciples were rowing, the, the thought I want you to have in your head as I, as I go through this is, is going upwind and being alone. Traveling upwind and being alone. When I was on the bicycle that day, I was actually alone, thank God, because if Ron had gone with me, she'd kill me. On the way back, <laughs> she likes to ride, but but think about being going upwind, being alone, and battling a storm all by yourself, and wondering sometimes, you know, where is Jesus when we really need him? Have you ever been in that position? Where is Jesus? You see, I'm hoping as we go through this miracle that this will be helpful for those times as you reflect on those times, but as you may experience those times again. We're going to talk about the time that Jesus did walk on the water. And this, this um, miracle is recorded in three of the four Gospels. It's in Matthew, Mark, and John. And as we go through the Mark's account, we're going to divide it into two Sections, and we're going to start with verses 45 through 47. And basically, what was Jesus doing while they were rowing? Where was Jesus? He sent them on. Where was he? You see, he was praying as they were rowing. He was making intercession for them as they were rowing. They couldn't see him. He couldn't feel him, but he was still there praying for him. You see, he departed to a mountain because he needed to pray. To back up just a little bit, this, this, this miracle occurs right after the miracle of feeding the 5,000. So again, Jesus had just taught a lesson to 5,000 people. He'd been teaching all day, so he was tired. He needed some alone time with his father. So as they're rowing, he's praying and spending time with his father. And he's praying um, for them as they are rowing to their destination. So I want you to think about two vivid scenes 
One is Jesus on his knees praying to the Father, and the other are the disciples struggling upwind. And then I want you to relate it, because sometimes it seems like our work is overwhelming. The things that we have to go through sometimes seem overwhelming. And it seems like a whole lot of hard work. And like upwind when you're rowing, it doesn't seem like we're getting very far. But I'm here to tell you, just like Jesus was on the mountain that day praying for his disciples, he's doing the same intercession for us. Right now, as we go through the struggles, even when we don't see Jesus, he's there. He is there talking to his Father on our behalf. Again, he prayed as they're rowing, just like he prays for us as we're going through these struggles. Jesus prays for us while we're working. You see, but we've got a job. We've got several jobs. Our job is to keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. And know that Jesus is there with us as we're going through this, whatever it may be. But we still have work to do. And sometimes when we got a lot of work to do, I'm telling you, when I was pedaling that bicycle up, when I was thinking about a whole lot of things. Most of them were not really good. But I had a job to do. I needed to get back. I was tired. I was hungry. Sometimes on my job, it's the same way it seems impossible. My dad had a saying when we worked together that when things got really busy and, and, and things were going on around us, he'd just say, hey, it's not your job to worry about the mule. Just load the wagon. Just load the wagon. So in our Christian walk, you know, we've got jobs. We all have different jobs. And it's our job to do those tasks, whether we're upwind or downwind. Again, we're supposed to be abounding in work for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling to the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So sometimes it may seem as we're going through these struggles like we're doing it in vain, but know that we're doing it for the, a wonderful cause, the cause of our Savior, to spread the gospel to people that don't know Jesus. And know that Jesus is there with us. While we're working, he is our high priest. He's on the mountaintop on our behalf. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we're in time of need, when we're going through a struggle, when we're pedaling up wind, we have a high priest that we can call on who's already there working things out for us. He's already there making an intercession on our behalf. Romans eight thirty four says, who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died. Yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. 
So when things are going good or things are going bad, Jesus Christ is interceding for us, always. We're never alone. Again, these two vivid scenes, we have Jesus praying, we have the disciples busy and struggling on earth. Just like right now, Jesus is interceding on our behalf as we go through our work on earth. But you see, when they finally really, when they first saw Jesus, they thought it was a ghost. They were scared. I'd say I'd be pretty scared too if it was storming and somebody came walking at me on the water. Even though they'd seen several miracles, that would be something that would not be very peaceful at first. Again, Jesus was just going to walk on by them. He was making sure they're okay, but they saw him. And the wind was great against them. And if you look at Matthew's gospel, it talks about the boat was being tossed by the waves. And Jesus comes walking towards them on the sea. It says it was about the fourth watch of the night, so somewhere between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning. The disciples saw him. Again, at first they thought it was a, a, a ghost. And then they cried out. And when they cried out, they were greatly t troubled until Jesus spoke those words of comfort. Mark says immediately, immediately Jesus sought to put away their fears. Again, he does the same thing for us now. When we're struggling and we call out for Jesus, he's there to immediately relieve us from our fears. The King James, the New King James says, be of good cheer. A couple of uh, things about being good cheer, it also means to take courage. Or the, the NRSV says to take heart. And then he says, don't be afraid. He said, it is I, do not be afraid. You see, Jesus wanted to encourage them and to calm them and to give them peace with his presence. For some reason in Mark, it does not record the part where Peter actually gets out of the boat. So I went ahead and included those scripture in Matthew in this lesson. As recorded in Matthew 14, verses 28 through 31, Peter answered him after he spoke. He said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith. Why did you doubt? Think about that. They're in the middle of a storm. They're rolling up wind. They think they see a ghost. Then Jesus speaks to calm them down. And Peter asks him, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come to, to you. If you don't think Peter had courage, he got out of the boat. Matter of fact, he walked a few steps towards Jesus. Again, I can't walk on water. I tried, well, I haven't tried since last year, but I, I still try it every now and then. My faith is not that great. But Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking towards Jesus. And then all of a sudden he noticed 
the wind and the waves, he got scared again. He started to sink, but immediately when he called out to Jesus, Jesus saved him right then. A couple things this account with Peter walking on the water tells me is Peter had the courage to get out of the boat. He had the faith to get out of the work boat and walk a few steps. And also, as he's walking towards Jesus, as long as he's got his eyes on him, he had faith enough to do it. It's when he took his eyes off Jesus when he noticed the things going on around him. That's when he started to sink. When his eyes were no longer on Jesus Christ, he started to sink. And when he did, Jesus still saved him immediately. Again, he called out to Jesus, he saved him immediately. See, Jesus still does the same thing for us today. We can do so many things. We can do so many things for our community. We can do so many things spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. As long as we have our eyes on Jesus. When we have our eyes on Jesus and we're walking towards him... Then we can feed the hungry. We can be nice to the folks that are not that nice to us. We can love the people we disagree with. As long as we have our eyes on Jesus, we can do those things. But the moment we take our eyes off, we, we, we see the things going on around us. We see the disagreements. We see the things that look impossible. And we too sink. And it happens. I've been on my way walking, again, not walking on water because I can't, but I've been on my way walking towards Jesus, doing some pretty good stuff in his name. But when I take my eyes off him, and it's not about him anymore, I sink. Just like Peter. The next part of this account in Mark, Jesus joined them in the boat. And when he did, the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed. When Jesus got in the boat, things calmed down. They felt his presence. They knew he was there. The winds died down. The waves stopped. Again, they had just seen Jesus feed 5,000 people. They didn't understand that. Now they see him walking on water. And then as soon as he gets in the boat, the storm calms, the sea calms. You see, Jesus coming in the boat brought them peace. It brought them comfort. You see, Jesus will still bring us peace today if we let him in the boat. If we call for him. Remember those times when we are pedaling or we're rowing up, up wind. We're going straight up a hill. When we call on Jesus, things calm down. When we look him in the eye, we realize what's important in our lives. We don't look around us anymore. Again, we start loving people. We start serving people. Not because of anything that we can do, but because of what Christ has done for us and who Christ is. Again, we're like the disciples rowing on our way. And at times things, the, the, the sea gets a little stormy. Things get a little rough. And it makes us afraid. And sometimes it's a challenge to our faith. 
But we've got to remember, we need to look Jesus in the eye. And remember that he is our high priest. He prays for us. Just like he did for the disciples that day. He does it now from the right hand of his father. And when we call out to him, it brings us peace. It brings us comfort. So while we may struggle in our service for the Lord, we take comfort knowing that Jesus is praying for us during the storm. We can take courage knowing that he's with us and will bring us great peace. We can take comfort knowing that he made the sacrifice for us so we can have eternal life. We just got to let him in the boat. If things are rough around us, we don't know what's going to happen next. We've got to let Jesus in the boat. I'm going to end with a question. Is Jesus in your boat? Again, is Jesus in your boat? If he's not, I pray that you allow him in. You welcome him in. He gives you that peace and comfort that you, you need desperately. Again, is Jesus in your boat? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for sending your one and only Son. Lord, I just pray that uh, each person here, each person listening online that may be going through a storm, they remember that, uh, that you're still calming storms today. Lord, sometimes life is, is pretty hard. Sometimes the jobs that we, we do are, are hard. Lord, we just need to remember to keep looking at you, to keep our eyes upon you. And through you, some amazing things can be done. But Lord, when we're being tossed and turned by the sea of life, I just pray that we welcome you in the boat, Lord. And when we do, I know that you'll give us that comfort and peace that can only come through a relationship with you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.